Wow, y'all getting an episode seven at the same time. This is the first time. This is the first time. I must really have some deep stuff to keep going over, y'all. But I couldn't leave y'all with just that. You know what I mean? Even though it was an hour long. I'm saying I'm gonna give y'all that. Cause I can keep going. Your girl can keep going and I'm going. That's why I'm giving y'all <laughs> that's why I'm giving y'all episode seven. So anyway, and if you didn't hear the last episode, and if you're just not listening to this episode for the first time, this is your girl keeping it real with Redly Rail. This is the show, the podcast. It's gonna be the number one podcast in the world. I'm speaking that to existence. But please do me a favor, don't even listen to uh, episode seven right now if you have not heard episode six. And matter of fact, if you haven't heard five, four, three, two, and one, I need you to go back and listen to all of them. And to keep updated, make sure you follow me on Instagram at so underscore. STL that's so underscore STL St. Louis baby that's all me anyway picking up where we left off on episode six um we're talking about being healed for real I was telling y'all about a, a message from my pastor and also um you know exposing some real truths and my secrets and putting y'all up in, all up in my business again okay I don't know why I keep inviting y'all in without y'all asking but here it is you're in my shit so now we really family like I said we is family we're related and y'all is my cousins I'm actually gonna start referring to y'all as cousins because you know I love all my cousins on my mama's side and my daddy's side and cousins is just you know it is what it is. They like the brothers and sisters you never wanted, but you got them and you love them. <laughs> and, they, and they better in that, in, that, in that sense because they are your cousins. So I feel like I've come in contact with so many people in my life and moving around the world and uh, school and college and all that. And I'm like, you know, all y'all my motherfucking cousins, we family. So anyway, leading back to what we were speaking about and what I was talking about uh, earlier was about being healed for real. And uh, I was kind of giving y'all a synopsis of what happened with the conversation with me and my dad. And, you know, I didn't tell y'all my dad really wants this man to be in jail. So we are going to see if I'm going to relive that or if I'm going to put it behind me. And like I've been I've been doing and just keep going on with my life. Um, but what I what I forgot to tell y'all when it came to that message, because that message was so good that, you know, I can't leave out everything. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, he talked about surviving a season of portrayal. Uh, meaning just being portrayed by people that you thought, you know, was supposed to have your back. And and how many of us have, may have found our hearts shifting at a pit at, a, at the pit of betrayal. Because remember, I told you about pits and valleys and, uh, you know, just feeling like, you know, things are happening uh, and, and things happen to you from people that you love and environments uh, where people couldn't handle you or they didn't understand the assignment. Um, that was on your life and and they challenged you right and and just you know getting through that pain from that bad person in that situation and uh you know having the the strength not to uh treat everybody that God sent you sent you uh, like they're the one that who broke you so um meaning like I said in the last episode having someone new but giving them all that bullshit from the last. And I, I'm sorry I curse y'all because even though I am very spiritual and I love the Lord and the Lord loves me, I'm also very real because I feel like you can love the Lord and, and be a part of a, uh, a organization or family or fellowship and and uh, also be as really authentic as you want to be um, and as you are. And, and so that's kind of where I'm at. So when y'all hear me going back and forth, don't judge me, judge your mama because I'm not perfect, but um, you know, in God's eyes, I am everything. And I know he doesn't judge me. And I ask for my forgiveness every day. And I thank him for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. for Thank you for that guy. So that, that that's why I'm at with y'all. And I'm going to keep it real. And that's why I give y'all everything about me. So anyway, uh, he was just talking about, you know, how, you know, not to stay heartbroken, you know, and, and, and not to stay broken because of what people uh, did in your life. Because God sent those people for a reason. And then he also sent people in your life that won't allow you to stay broken. And and I think I've had that. I've had experiences where God has given me people and blessed me with people that don't want me to stay in my hurt. And they don't want me to stay in that pain and that pit. And so, you know, it's just really, uh, you know, an opportunity to really ask yourself and even myself, are you really healed for real? You know, and, and he had a couple of points that made me feel like, you know, I, I may be healed for real here, Lord. I mean, you, you really... I think I may be healed here. Okay. And, um, you know, what I do know is that you cannot let bitterness, uh, take root in your life when things happen. You know, think about when you wanted to cut up and act up, you understood that that season hurt you, but you can't allow it to change you. And that's what he was saying. You know, a season may hurt you, but you can't allow it to change you and, and to hold on to you. Um, you know, 
And, and I realized when he made a lot of comments, because now this is referencing things that aren't even about my childhood, but more so about experiences with people in my life that I no longer deal with. You know, he said, um, you know, some people had too much self-integrity to expose and tell the truth about other people. You know, you have to remember that situations and scenarios and upsets are just a page and not the entire book. It's just a page in your book. Remember, I talked about writing a book. It's just a page, you know what I'm saying? And, and the real talk is you didn't cry those tears because you hated them on the other side of them. You cried them out of pain, but you didn't sit up in counseling sessions just to act up because you're way too blessed to be bitter. And this is what this is all about. And it's like, you'll know you're healed for real when you see them and you hear of that person and it doesn't shift who you are in your energy. You know you're healed for real when you never seek retaliation. You never got your retaliation for how bad you were done or the things that happened to you or how you were mishandled and betrayed. You just continued on. That's a gift from God to even be able to hold your composure and not snap on a person after they've done damage to you that completely broke you. And I've been there, y'all. I've been there. I've been there. I have been there. I have helped my I have helped my snappage in place and I never snapped. I never snapped to the point of retaliation. And I, I thank God that he gave me that strength because, you know, God is always going to come back around full circle against your enemies when they come up against you. And I want y'all to know that you don't have to go and handle revenge or seek revenge on your own. God will take care of that for you. So he was asking, are you healed for real? Are you healed for real for the things that have been done with you? Those friendships that didn't work for those people that you thought were your friends that weren't your friends or those partners that you thought that you love or they loved you and they would never do you wrong. Are you healed from that stuff for real? I had to ask myself, Sherelle, hey, hello, hey, girl, how you doing today? Are you healed from that stuff for real? Had to think about it, you know, because you know when you're healed for real, when revenge is no longer on your radar. You know you're healed for real when you don't want to hurt them anymore. You don't want your payback. You know you're healed for real when you don't want to get them back. When you can see them and in their presence, you don't get triggered. That's how you know you're healed for real. When God really heals you for real, you can see yourself face to face and say, I love you right where you are. Through all the things you've been through, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you. I love you for what you've done. And some people only responded the way they did because they couldn't understand the assignment on your life. So really, when things happened to you and to me from other people that betrayed us and hurt us, it wasn't about us. It was about them. And they couldn't understand the assignment on your life. Then what really touched me about the sermon is he spoke about how some people may not understand the assignment on your, on your life. And they respond different because they don't understand your assignment. He spoke about how some of us are raised in homes where we were misunderstood. I, I can attest to that. I was misunderstood a lot growing up. And, you know, he actually touched me this because he said, you weren't trying to be rebellious. You were just built different. You dressed different. And that's a fact. That was a fact for me as a child, as a teenager, as a young adolescent. I wasn't rebellious. I was just different. And I was so different that maybe it was an adjustment for my mom, but I was different. I was built different. For people in school, I was built different. They had to figure me out. They had to expose that I was gay. They had to make those rumors up, even without evidence. They had to do that because it was, because first off, people are weird, right? <laughs> people are sick and they had no idea what they were doing. They also didn't understand, you know, how I was built different. They didn't understand what was going on with me, they, but that's because they didn't understand the assignment on my life. So, man, I could go on and on about this, about this message because it has so many hidden clues in there for me for so many other situations that I can relate to. And I use the message to relate to a lot of things in my life and, and scenarios and situations and obstacles that I've overcame or overcome or overcame, goddamn it, overcame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, it's done. I've done it. And there'll be more that I have to overcome. And I'll, I'll, I'll think about that when I get there. But right now, I'm, I'm grateful that God gave me the, the fight to keep going. And the courage, you know, and he talking about, you know, you heal for real when you forgave before it was requested. That means that you're releasing that out. It's outside of your control because you forgave somebody and they ain't even apologize. You know how many people are walking around this earth that I feel like owe me an apology and I ain't never got it, y'all. <laughs> and guess what? Before I used to be upset about those apologies. Now I know that I don't have to worry about that because when you heal for real, you don't care about the apology. 
Hell, I gave, I accepted your apology before you even said it. Just like God has forgiven each and every one of us without us even opening up our mouths for things that we made, uh, that we've done that are mistakes and things that we do that we're not supposed to do. He forgives us every time. And I truly believe that. So we have to give that same forgiveness to others. And that's something that it take, it's taken me a long time to work on y'all. Cause I, I, not to say I can hold a grudge, but I can be upset at someone, but still love them, but really be upset at the pain they inflicted upon me and the portrayal. But just as he said in this sermon, the portrayal was only just a season. It was only one page out of your entire book. So it is what it is. And forgive them and move forward, you know? And so, and, and the thing is, he did speak about how sometimes people don't even know how to ask for you to forgive them. You know, some people just don't know how to ask. And sometimes I feel like it's pride. You know, I make sure that I apologize when I know I'm wrong. I hold myself accountable in every situation. Any any disagreements I've ever had with family members or family, I'm sorry, family members or friends or, you know, partners, relationship, I, I hold myself accountable wholeheartedly because guys, it has given me a conscience that it doesn't let me sleep until I do it. And even if I feel like you wronged me in a way, I'm still going to take accountability for account, accountability for my actions. So, you know... I got to make sure I'm healed for real. And you got to make sure you're healed for real. And, you know, sometimes we get so accustomed to the crutch due to comfort when we don't even know that we are already healed. And I think that I felt that when he said that because I have not really allowed the situation from my childhood and those sexual experiences cripple me. And, and to me, I feel like I am healed from that. Because as I told y'all, I don't, I'm not angry at anybody about it. I think that is a part of life because so many people, the more and more we get into this age of speaking about your mental illness and speaking about your trauma, more and more people are expressing their and telling their experiences when they were a child and what happened to them and, and becoming more relatable. If we can get beyond, beyond social media and be relatable to one another, I think that we would be in a better place and we can all heal each other for real. <laughs> and that's real talk. You know what I'm saying? But, um, uh, with that being said, I think that, you know, that that sermon was really good. It, it touched on a lot of things. It really spoke to, um, you know, the goodness of God. It spoke to the fact that you don't have to be your pain. Right. And it also spoke to the fact that. Shoot, you are too blessed to be bitter, you know, and the fact is. Um, I noticed that. There were a lot of situations, um, especially in the last several years, where I could have retaliated on someone. I could have exposed them. I could have told the real truth. I could have really, you know, thrown salt and dirt on their name. And then that's probably more than one person and I've experienced in life. And I think we all go through that. But at the end of the day, I didn't need to do that. And it wasn't in me. And then when you have a heart and you also have a heart for God, that ain't no stuff you want to do. You ain't trying to do that to nobody. You ain't trying to break them how they broke you. You upset that they broke you. You upset that people took you through things that you didn't ask for and, and treated you the way they did. But at the end of the day, you don't have to be what they are because obviously it's something with them. So ask yourself for real, out of everything that's going on, out of betrayal, friendships, relationships, familyships, all that good stuff work. It, I mean, are you healed for real? Because you'll know when you're healed for real. And so I'm on the journey of being healed for real, y'all. I had to tell y'all, I'm, I'm on the journey. I don't want y'all to be on that journey as well. Don't worry about your haters and the naysayers. You heal for real, so it don't even matter. <laughs> so that was my little whatever I had to share with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Pray for your girl. Um, making sure I take care of myself. About to go to the doctor in a minute uh, because this is episode seven. I got to give this to y'all real quick. Something swift and, and easy um, and, and pretty much just opening up and being transparent. I wanted to make sure y'all y'all was with me. Y'all understood what, what had been happening. And every time I speak to y'all, I'm going to tell y'all the truth. And truth is, outside of all of that, I almost had to cuss out a lot of people, y'all. <laughs> I did. I actually cussed out several people. And that's not good. How do I lead from, how do I come and how do I lead with God and healing? And then um, I, 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 I end with, <laughs> I end with chaos of Sherelle. Really, real. I have chaos and I have sides of me that, you know, I'm not going to say I'm proud of because I'm not, but you know, I'm working on it and God is working on me. 
So let me just give y'all some situations because I told y'all last time how, how how these white people be trying me, okay? And they have. I had one more white person try me, okay? I had a white lady try me when I went to the honey house. I'm with my cousins and we went to went to a honey house. And my girl, you know, we in the line, we waiting. Now, if you know about honey house experiences, you go and you wait in the line for a minute, you know, because everybody's trying to get there, especially on the weekend of Halloween, which I think it was, I don't know if it was, that, no, it was the weekend before Halloween. Mm. Yeah, either way, it was a long wait. So we're in the line, we waiting, we talking and stuff, you know. And as we're in the line, of course, you know, actors and characters from the honey house are coming out and screaming in people's ear and scaring people and, you know, shocking them as they're supposed to do, right? But there was this one white lady who was, I don't know what the fuck she's supposed to be. She had a bunch of paint on her face, so I, I don't know. You know, stuff like that don't scare me because I know you're a person, right? So, <laughs> and you're right here, and I see you scaring everybody in the line. She done went all the way from the top of the line and the back of the line all the way to the front where we're at, screaming in people's ear, literally going through the line, screaming and startling people, and these people acting like you ain't heard her screaming in people's ear for the last 50 minutes, right? So... Me and my cousin, we stand in line, and we, we see her coming, but we still have our conversation or whatever. It's no big deal. Then she's on her way, and I'm like, shit, you know, I don't really want to hear that screaming shit in my fucking ear. I really don't. My cousin, my cousin Brandon, he puts his hands up to his ears to plug his ears because he didn't want to hear it either. Now, I have ear aches all the time, so anything loud in my ears, I'm very sensitive. So he puts his fingers in his ears because he didn't want her to come behind him and scream. So we see her coming. And, you know, I'm watching her from my peripheral. I'm, I'm good at using my peripheral. I can see you from the side, bitch. Okay? So I'm looking at her coming. And he looking at her coming. And then I see she's right behind him. I say, she's right behind you, man. So you know. So you can prepare yourself. Because he had his hands in his ears. So she screamed. He said, yeah, man, I, I ain't trying to. Uh, he's like, I really don't like loud stuff in my ears. So that's why I'm plugging my ears. She said, she said something along the lines of, well, you shouldn't have spent your money if you wanted to come here and have a good time. What bitch? How you know I'm? I, how you know I'm deaf in one ear? How you know that you know I ain't got no earache or ear infection? And you you being rude like that? I mean, I'm just like, what the fuck? And he's like, he's like, man, I, I, it ain't no big deal, man. I'm just saying, you know, I'm saying like my ears are very sensitive, so I really don't like loud things in my ears. Well, if you're not gonna come here and have a good time, you shouldn't have paid your money. So then I step in because y'all know how I do. I'm not gonna sit here and watch this bitch talk to my cousin like this. And you're definitely not gonna tell somebody, you know, that you know you you're not having a good time. We ain't in the fucking line, bitch. We ain't even in the hundred house yet. So what are you talking about? So I say, what are you even talking about, man? He don't want you screaming in his ears. What's the issue? That he don't have. That's not a problem. Why are you making the thing? Move on. Move on to the next person. We don't want to hear that shit. Because I'm looking at her reaction. She didn't say it with. She didn't say it with respect. She said it with disrespect. It was automatic sarcasm attitude. And it's like, how many times you got to tell these white folks to leave us the fuck alone? I mean, honestly, how many times I done say, ma'am, sir, we don't fuck with you. Okay? Just speak, smirk with your fake smile, and go on about your business. And y'all, had the bitch came and yelled in my ear, it would have been a different situation because before I went to plug my ears, I was like, hey, don't yell in my ear flat out. I have ear problems. Don't yell in my ear. And to be honest, I don't have to give you no excuse. I said what I said. And you too fucking close. It's a pandemic going on. We out here with our mask on and bitch, you, you standing up on me. You in my six feet space. Cause I really give people 12 feet. I tell people back up. When I was growing up with a song called bad, 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 bad. What? Give me 50 feet. Hey, so I'm saying back up. I don't really like that. So you already number one in our space when it comes to COVID. Number two, he just told you he don't like loud things in his ear, but you're going to do it anyway, bitch. And number three, you gave us an attitude and nobody asked for that. Just do your job and go on to the next person, right? Play with somebody else. Play, Don't play with us. So it was very serious because she said, well, if you don't like it, you can. You, I said, ma'am, we're not even in a hundred house yet, but stop talking to us and go to the next person because there is no conversation. He told you what he, you know, how he felt. You still did it. Then you bitched at us about it and you still talking. So. Me and her go back and forth for a minute and because she wouldn't move forward. And it becomes a thing because when I speak, I, I really do have an issue with echoing my voice. But really, it's my voice. I just talk loud. As a kid, my mom would say, Sharia, use your inside voice. Sharia, you need to learn how to whisper. Well, my bad, mom. I'm sorry that my, my voice projects, okay? I apologize that my dad talks loud and that we all talk loud when we tell a story. And I'm probably coming loud through your motherfucking speaker right now. But I can't help it. And you can't um, 
force me to be soft-spoken. If I'm not soft-spoken, I'm not. I'm very opinionated and vocal. And I didn't say I'm opinionated, but I'm not, nobody's going to hush me up, okay? And I'm not doing it for an audience. But if I get one, oh, the fuck well, I don't care, right? Because I'm a person that doesn't care what people think about me. I only care about what God thinks about me. He may not be pleased all the time. Lord, forgive me. But at the end of the day, I'm not a person that walks around thinking, oh, my God, who can see me? Well, oh, my gosh, me. I mean, I'm not like that. I'm not I'm not timid. OK, if y'all don't know this by episode seven, I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but it is what it is. And I am who I am. So I'm telling the lady like straight up. Listen, go on, man. Don't you already know we don't deal with y'all like that? Go to the next person. You know what I'm saying? What part of we don't don't scream in our ear? Don't you understand? He didn't want you screaming his fucking ear. So we go back and forth. She walk away like she finna go tell somebody, y'all. <laughs> and I said, I said what the fuck I said. You see, I asked her several times. <coughs> Ooh, that's some good gas. I asked her several times. Why are you still standing here? Go on, on. Get the fuck on. Like, what's the problem? What you gonna do? Tell on me? Because I told you don't scream in his ear. He told you don't scream in his ear. Ear. And then you insulted the entire group because he told you what he didn't want you to do. So, you know, I'm shocked my cousin. He pretty quiet, but I'm going off because I'm ticked off. I guess he said she got it because I always got it. And I always got my people because you ain't going to big boy nobody, especially me. You ain't going to big boy nobody I'm with. So anyway, she walks her white ass off. Oompa loompa ass. She walks on off angry like she finna go snitch on some goddamn body. And... She came, I think she came back with nobody. All I know is nothing happened. Because what What are you going to do? You're not going to do anything. You're going to hear what I said. And I, and, me, and I think that every time I deal with white people, they start to learn that, God damn it, let me leave these people alone. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's always one person that got to do it, and I'm always that person. So as I'm speaking about how white people have been getting on my nerves, y'all, uh, you know, I want to be honest, y'all. I want to be honest. Bear with me. Listen, I love black people. I love y'all so much. If you black, I love you. If you white, I love you. I love everybody. But my, my black people, you know, right here, listen to me. I love y'all to death, okay? But um, the last, I don't know, several weeks, I've, I've encountered black men who, who have been so unprofessional and irresponsible and inconsiderate. And if I want to be frank with y'all, I met a lot of bitch-ass niggas, okay? I, I done ran into a lot of bitch-ass niggas, and they really are men. When I say men, I'm not talking in their 20s and their 30s. I'm talking about in their 40s. I'm talking about grown-ass black men who I have attempted to conduct business with or did business with over the last couple of weeks, and they've been trash as fuck. And I don't know if it's an Atlanta thing or what the fuck is going on, but y'all, within the last two weeks, I had some of the worst experiences with men with conducting business that I've ever had before and in public. And I, I'm just devastated, you know, and I think that I'm more so devastated because I already know that in some in some men's minds, especially black men, when they see me, they see this lesbian dressing in their clothes. They probably like, damn, she fly as fuck, but then she also kind of fine. I think that's really be going to listen, y'all. I just grow with me because I just think this is what's going on. But they also are threatened, right? And I feel like it's weird because either black men want to holler at me still, <laughs> which is so interesting. And you know, just let's be honest, I still got it, okay, bitch. But then also it's interesting that they can't stand me, right? And and then you know, I'm so nice in public. Like, I'm really nice. Like, I can't help that my eyebrows are thick. It makes my face look brown. But I'm really happy, right? I really love talking to people and I enjoy meeting people. So as I'm out in public and things like that, I may encounter some 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 men that's just like your daddy age mugging me like I ain't got a daddy. Like, I think that men forget that I, I'm someone's daughter. I'm someone's sister. I'm someone's baby girl. So you can stop looking at me like I'm the enemy because first off, number one, they think that I want to be a man, which I don't. That is what trans men want to be, but I am not that. I, I'm just a lesbian. I'm just somebody that like what you like, okay? We like it and you know why you love it, okay? So it is what it is. 
But for some reason, there is this intimidation factor when I'm in a room with other men. And it sucks, you know, it sucks because we could be cool and I could probably hook you up with some bitches. But you're messing up your blessing because you want to be on that bullshit, that, that, that dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so let me just give you all Let me just tell you all a story. Right. So. Several situations where I, I had spoken with men who um, I'm conducting business with and they they propose something to me that they can do without me asking one and not me knowing that they could do it. Right. And once they propose these things, I agree to them immediately. And then they give me the cat and mouse game around Atlanta where I'm chasing them down for a service and a product that they said they would offer. And, um, you know, I, it made me feel like, damn, is this what women have to deal with out here? Is this, is this the type of men y'all dealing with? Because as, as a lesbian and really as me, myself and I, chivalry is a real thing. And so when men aren't, um, taking care of women and, and doing what they're supposed to do, regardless if that's a woman you're dating or just a woman in general, I think it is the black man's obligation to protect us and speak up for us and to be there for us. Um, no questions asked, no matter what we should be able to depend on you at all times, no matter what it costs. Um, because I feel like as a black woman, especially me on my, I can only speak for myself. I really speak up for the black man. I have held down a front line for the black man. I have yelled and hollered and I have, I've been passionate about the black man to the point where, you know, I can no longer see a, you know, my brother being killed on, on camera. I can't see it no more. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of how they do our black men. I'm also sick of how they do us, black women. I'm fucking sick of it. I'm tired of it. I'm so happy and grateful to be in the skin that I'm in. I love it here, okay? I love the skin that I'm in, and I am so proud. And you're not supposed to be proud or boastful, but I am very proud about being black. I'm sorry. I think it's the best thing to be, you know what I'm saying? And even though I may deal with comments about being light-skinned, none of that shit ever bothers me because, bitch, I know I'm black. <laughs> my family black, my daddy black, my mama black. We all black up in here. Even if it was some white somewhere down the line, okay? Let's just, you know, it, it is what it is. We all got something going on there, okay? But your girl is blacker than black, and I love being black, and everything over here is black activity. So, <laughs> it's black activities going on in this bitch, okay? So, my thing is, I'm going to always protect us no matter what, okay? In any situation in public, if I see one of us being done wrong, I'm going to pull over if I feel like a brother is being stopped and something look weird. Hey, you good? Hey, you good? Like, that's me, okay? That's me. What I've always done as well is I always supported black businesses. And when I say support black business, I'm not just talking about, okay, I order from God is dope. I order from the marathon, which I do. I get all that stuff off online. I support my family members. I support my friends who have businesses. I get their stuff. I post it. You know, I try my best to get things that I can when I have the money. Okay. But I also make sure I have a black dentist. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm going to make sure I have a black mechanic. Okay. I do call him whenever I need something done. I want to make sure outside of like going to the dealership, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, because I'm, I'm I'm okay with blessing you and putting something in your pocket instead of going up here to um over here to Bob at uh at motherfucking uh Mavis asking him to do whatever or Mavis whatever the company's called. I don't even fucking know. I've never been there for. But what I'm saying is, I would rather give it to someone and put it in their home so they can continue to create generational wealth. Because that is the goal, to keep the black dollar circulating in our community. And even though we need to go outsource sometimes, I'm not going to stop going to Target. I don't give a damn what people say. I love Target. That was my first job. It was amazing to work there, and it's amazing to still be a customer. Y'all can keep Walmart. I'm good. It's gross. Ugh. I'm good. But anyway, I still support black businesses and, and I try my best to keep the dollar going. So I have a mechanic. I hire someone to do a car uh, audio installation. And I'm going to tell you about this motherfucker because he was a trip. And you know what? You need to be careful for the representatives that people send when you're conducting business because once they get your money and some shit is fucked up, they don't want to, they don't want to take care of it. Everything is done and representative gone. Now you got the real, the real nigga and it's a real nigga and he's doing real nigga shit. And that's what I experienced this past week. But anyway, I try to keep that money going, y'all. I try to keep it going. Black barbers always top tier. I'm going to support them. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I got going on here. Did I just do black everything? I got a dude that's been tending my cars for years. He's black. 
I don't even go nowhere else. I remember when he used to be in St. Louis and I would pull up to his house on motherfucking Broadway uh, around the circle, okay? He would be right there and I would pull up in his house. Four niggas would hop out the house and look like a trap house and come and tent the car and goddamn it, they'd be done in 30 minutes. Couldn't believe it. When he moved down here to Atlanta, he has tented every car I've had. And that's three cars that have been down here. So he's two cars. He's tented every car. Because I keep coming back. Because the thing about conducting business as black business owners is that it's what you give. If you give great service and a great product and you provide great customer service and you keep it real and you upfront and you on time and there's no lack of communication, you will continue to get repeat customers. But when you mishandle people and you treat us any kind of way and you take our money, you don't answer calls and you screen calls and text messages or you don't resolve issues or you don't provide customer service or you don't show the empathy, sympathy, acknowledge, reassure, align. Look, y'all listen to, my, listen to me, right? And y'all like, damn, she going in. But literally, this is what I do for a living. But I do it for the white man, right? <laughs> and I see how they became Fortune 500 companies. I see how they making trillion dollars. I see it. So I'm trying to tell y'all what y'all actually need to do. We got to build our community up. You know, a lot of people get mad when people get on the internet and bash black businesses. I try my best not to do that. But what I will do is I will hold you accountable and I will correct you because everyone is subject to correction. Every company out here has a survey. As soon as you get up a call with somebody, it'll be a survey then call. Do you want to take the call? Do you want to do the survey? You're going to get an email, text message. Will you mind giving me all fives? My, my job depends on surveys. So I feel like black companies should invest in surveys. Y'all so busy saying, don't tear us down, this, that, and the third. But honestly, you're not going to get to the top if you're not being the best you can be when it comes to customer service. And that's what I'm experiencing. People that suck at customer service. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense that this is the time and the day that we are in that you okay with taking my money. Um, you want me to post on social media. You want me to share your shit. But your customer service is trash as fuck. So let me get into what happened, y'all. So I, I'm on Craigslist. I ain't been on Craigslist in forever, right? I really stopped using Craigslist a long time ago. But back in the day, I would use Craigslist for a lot of shit. I used Craigslist back in 2018 to move my shit um, from one apartment in Atlanta to another, right? I was moving into my own apartment. Roommate was gone. Relationship was over. Boom. Fuck them. So I get my own place and I need some movers because this is my first time hiring movers. I usually move everything. So I hire some movers because I'm on the third fucking floor. Who the fuck? Okay. So I hire these movers off Craigslist. They black. They, first off, they were late, right? They were, they were late, okay? But it's all good. I forgive y'all. Y'all were late. It delayed. We ended up moving in the fucking rain. Um, one of their movers was sick. Didn't show up. They were young. Very young. I was very disappointed in the age, okay? Because I knew they were going to fuck my shit up, right? Number three, I had to help them. <laughs> I literally had to help them. And the point of hiring movers is so I don't have to lift a finger, okay? So follow me here. Okay, they moving my stuff. They trying to figure it out. The shit too heavy for them. They little skinny ass little dudes. Um, you know, once they bring my stuff in, a lot of my stuff, a couple of my items were damaged. Like my couch was ripped in the back. Um, one of my, my drawers, so I had a, a, a platform bed with drawers. So one of my drawers was broken, you know. So I reached out to the company and let the lady know who I've been working with that, you know, this should happen. And what were we going to do about it? She simply just stopped responding. She said, oh, um, well, you know, uh, we could see what we could do about it. But after that, she went ghost. I texted that lady for months, y'all. Never heard a thing. I said, okay, fine. I'm done with Craigslist. Here we are. Fa uh, fast forward. That's 2018. It's 2021. I use Craigslist. I'm looking for someone that could do an installation, a car audio installation, a subwoofer. And so... I'm getting this subwoofer installed. I'm like, let me go on Craigslist because Best Buy probably going to bust my heads. Blah, 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 blah. But I probably can find someone good on Craigslist who, who you know what I'm saying? They good. Because what I do is I also have a black person that comes and installs my TVs. A guy I've been using for years. I refer him. He installed TV at my girl house. You know, I, I hit him up every time I need a TV installed. And you know, I pay him that 140 or whatever his fee is. I don't even give a fuck. I'm putting it in his pocket. He going to go home and feed his family. Okay, he's gonna keep it in the black. It's his money. That's supporting the black business. So, anyway, I find this guy on there and it says Radio Dave. He says he has 25 years of experience uh, working at a, a jam session in East Atlanta. And he's just all, he does all this stuff, right? He's amazing. So, I'm like, all right, bet. I'm gonna go ahead and hit him up. I shoot him a text. He hits me up the next day. He actually calls me. He said, hey, 
hey, this is Radio Dave uh, giving you a call. Is this, is this Sherelle? I said, yeah, hey, Dave, this is Sherelle. How you doing? He said, I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to call. I got your text message. You were inquiring about a radio installation. Let me know what you're trying to do, and, and we can see what we can do. I'd be more than happy to help out because I specialize in everything. So what do you got going on? What kind of setup are you trying to do? So I'm telling the equipment. I'm telling what I got. We're talking or whatever, whatever. So, you know, we, you know, I'm telling him the situation, and then he starts telling me about how he buys homes and you know he sidetracks a little bit to throw in his other business stuff because you know people that really do business or have businesses or entrepreneurs they will go ahead and find a way to hustle especially Atlanta they will hustle their way into telling you about something else and I ain't got no problem with it. I'm like I'm, I'd be impressed when a man could fast talk me and tell me about their other businesses and, and really promote themselves because to advocate for yourself and advertise yourself like they selling that popcorn in the middle of that goddamn mall that is some tough shit to do, but they're doing it. And so, anyway, he's telling me about how he buy a house as cash and all this other stuff. And I'm telling him about my uncle and the house. And I'm like, well, well, you know, we have a realtor for all that. So, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, that's it. So, he um, he says, well, you know, you let me know what you want to do. And, you know, reach out to me if you have any other questions. I'll be here for you. Wrap up the call. Cool. About four days later, he calls me again. Hey, Sherelle, this is Radio Dave. Just giving you a call. Just checking in on you. See where you still looking to do that installation. I say, you know what? Yeah, I am. You know, I think I do want to do it. Just, you know, how much? You know, give me a number. Let me know. And then I can tell you. He said, you know, I can do everything for you because we was going to be doing something real special. So it was going to be a lot of unwiring and wiring and stuff going on. So I said, uh, tell me a number. He said, you know, uh, I can do it all for you. Uh, $200 on Friday. I said, 200 He said, yeah. I said, you know what? I bet. I'm going to do that. Let's do that. Let's let's do the 200. I bet. So Friday, we set it up. Boom, boom, boom. Friday come and go. He comes. He pulls up with this big ass fucking truck with this big ass billboard advertising. We buy houses, cash, car, da, 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 da. Right? Cool ass man comes out. Older man, probably in his early 50s, mid 50s. Cool. He sets up everything. He gets in there. Takes him about three, two, two, three hours to do everything. Right? He tells me. At the end of everything, everything sounded good. We go through the test. I'm beating. I'm beating. I'm ready to come down Atlanta Road on like I'm also on 20 foes, even though I'm not. But I was going to be beating. I was going to be real ghetto, real Houston, Texas on them niggas. You feel me? So I, I'm happy about the beat. So then he says, you know, I didn't have enough time, but I can add you a bass knob in the front of your car and install that so you can control the bass. That way you ain't got to keep going to the settings on the screen and trying to turn the bass up and down. You can just do it with this knob. Turn it left, right, left, right. I said, oh, shit, yeah, I want that definitely. You know what I'm saying? That make it easy while I'm driving. So he agrees to go ahead and do that for me. He says, I got the part, but it's at home. So I can do it for you tomorrow morning. I said, bet. Tomorrow morning, I said, hey, because I always want to make sure because people would like to throw a you know, monkey wrench in there when it comes to payment and everything. I say, uh, am I going to owe you something for this? You know, like, what's up? He's like, you know, uh, well, we'll talk about it. He's like, you could just pay me for the parts. He was like, the parts ain't nothing like $40. I was like, I bet. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. So next day, I hit him up and say, hey, you know, what time did you want to meet today? He texts me, say, oh, you know, um, he gives me a call. He says, oh, you know, I didn't have the part. I look for it, um, but what you can do is you can go to the flea market and go to Old National. You can go to 285 Decatur Flea Market Glenwood, and they have a, a car audio places inside the flea market. You can go get the parts, and I'll put it on. I'll install it for you. So I'm like, okay, here we go. This is, and I'm breathing because I know this is going to be a long journey. And actually, I'm going to have to pause this podcast right now because I got to go to the doctor, and then I will pick up. So follow me on this story. Okay, fast forward. So pretty much I get the base knob from the flea market um, after being told I got to run around to the damn flea market. Finally found one that had it, which I don't stay anywhere near the flea markets and I expressed it to him, but I got it. And then I had to chase him down for several days to get a date on when he can install the damn base knob. And then finally one Sunday morning, he decided that he would actually meet up with me and call me and see about getting it done. Now, he got me driving all the way out to fucking Ellenwood area. Like, I'm going out there to meet the motherfucking crime mob and them and, and Diamond and Princess. I don't have time for this shit, okay? I'm upset because I, I haven't been to Ellenwood in over a year and I only went for a fucking birthday party and haven't been back since. And if I don't know, Ellenwood's fucking 45 minutes away from Atlanta and I ain't got time. So anyway, I went... And it's probably closer to East Atlanta, which it is. But for me and where I live and where I was commuting from, it was too fucking far. So that anyway, I agreed to meet the man because I wanted to get over with. So um, 
He tells me noon. We talk at nine o'clock. He says noon. Let's meet at noon at this Walmart. I'm gonna send you the address. Like fine, noon I'll be there. I'm meeting with another black businessman, my mechanic. That morning, I had gotten up and went to Napa Auto Parts, went and got some brakes and rotors for my girl car, and I hooked her up with a dude I went to school with who's been my mechanic um, since I got in this vehicle. And pretty much, you know, we set a time. Him and I set a time the night before, and he was there at the time that we said, 10 o'clock, and there was no fucking issues. We got everything done, and he made his commitment, and I continued to put money in his pocket, and she continued to put money in his pocket, and you know what? It's, it's great to do business with him. Okay, but this gentleman here with the car installation is who really ticked me off. So we get to the point where um, I meet up with him. Finally, I pick up my homeboy, Barry. He's in town visiting. Cool. We go we go to Ellawood. Now, I told this man said noon. We both said noon. It's 12 o'clock. I get there around 1145. We wait around the parking lot. Dude hasn't showed up. 1215 comes around. He still hasn't showed up. I send a text message. Hey, we're in the parking lot. We're in the very back. If you're looking for us. Okay. Then, you know, we decide we're hungry. Go off over to the Popeye's, get us some food, do all that come back to the spot and we eating at the parking lot. We still waiting on this man. He, he hasn't, you know, said anything. He finally called and said, hey, hey, I'm sorry. Are you at the Walmart? I said, yeah, I'm at the Walmart. He said, oh, I didn't know. I said, well, we said noon. Well, I'm, you know, I thought you would call or something. Okay, well, I mean, okay, let me, uh, I guess I, well, I'm on my way. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? Like we set a time, we set an appointment. We scheduled something. We made a time and a place just literally less than two hours ago. You gotta be kidding me right now. You got to be kidding me. So he finally shows up with his late ass. He gets his fast sloppy ass out of the truck. And then he starts working on my car. And, you know, I'm talking to my friend. I got my dog with me and everything's cool. And, you know, he's doing his thing. And he's doing some hard work. You know what I'm saying? This ends up turning to like almost two hours. I, I ain't gonna lie. We was in the Walmart parking lot for two hours. He made his like It was something very simple. My dick, you know, my nigga had to drill holes in the front of my car, go to the back, take the whole back seat out. It was a lot going on in a Walmart parking lot. Meanwhile, people are stopping, asking if my dog is for sale. Am I selling puppies? And no, Milo is not for sale. He's not a puppy he's eight years old going on nine and bitch stop playing with him he a grown man you know what i'm saying but anyway so all of this is going on he finally does it and then he says you know it'll be fifty dollars i'm like all right whatever you know i'm pissed because you told me you know i would just pay for the parts before and now you're like fifty dollars for this work you just did when i paid for the parts myself and when he got it myself that was forty dollars so there you go fifty dollars so there okay that's more than what we discussed but okay it's over with it's done we get in the car turn the volume on that shit beat I bet. Cool. Everything is good. After that, I'm thinking that's it with me and this guy. It's done. Great. I don't have to fucking deal with him anymore. <sighs> okay. So then I have a situation where I have a migraine. I'm not driving my car for three days. I end up going to the hospital, not feeling well at all. Just out of my mind, losing it. Think I'm going to have a brain aneurysm or a stroke. It's really bad. I'm in pain for three days. So I haven't been driving my car. So he texts me um, the day after I got to the hospital and was like, hey, Sherelle, I just wanted to check on you and see how is the how's everything sounding. I hit him back and say, hey, man, I, I don't know. I haven't been in my car in a few days. Um, once I get in my car, I'll let you know um, and, and I'll follow up with you. Get in my car. I don't hear any bass. I don't hear anything coming from the subwoofer at all. I ain't hearing ain't nothing. Ain't no power on the amp. So I'm like, something ain't right. So I hit him, let him know ain't no sound. It's in the third. He FaceTimes me and wants me to show him the subwoofer and the amp and wants me to pit, lift it up and all this shit. I'm like, bro, after I tried to do it and it was just too much, I said, you're just going to have to take a look at this, man. And we got to figure it out. So then he says he'll be able to fix it the next day. Next day comes and goes. I don't hear from him. Uh, I reach out. You know, he's too busy doing something else. Next day after that, something, you know, he's not responding. It's this thing where he's not responding. And this is the part where I start to get irritated with black business owners because we got to stop this shit. If we're conducting business and you know there's something that you provide as a service or a product that is not satisfying to the customer, it is your duty to respond to that customer immediately to get it resolved. You want to fix that issue so you don't have to hear from that customer anymore and it doesn't become a long, on, a long drawn out process of contact and calling back and forth and text messaging and this and the third the the wrong thing to do is to avoid me especially someone like me <laughs> and the wrong that's the wrong thing because at this point you're building up my ammo for when i spaz the fuck out on you you're gonna act like you don't know what the fuck happened and this is exactly what happened with this old ass man okay he decided i don't mean disrespectful but he played me he tried to blame me he had the right one today so anyway we set a time for us to meet up 
uh, one morning and pretty much I, I read him his rights and told him, you know, this is unprofessional. You, you know, this is very frustrating. I have to continue to contact you and you, you fail to respond or you delaying your response or you say you're going to do something. You don't meet your commitments. It's a lot of me chasing after you and I'm really getting fed up with this. It's been two weeks of just a back and forth, almost three weeks. And I'm, I'm really exhausted and you've gotten paid. So what is the deal? Now, this is a text that I send him because I'm frustrated, right? Because I'm calling, he's not answering and I'm leaving voicemail. So I know that you go say that you didn't get my call but guess what I left a voicemail bitch don't play with me play with your mama so anyway we get to this point um of where I'm just expressing how I feel he finally takes his back and you know says that you know he he's sorry he gotta go to the doctor with his wife but he can be available between 12 and 1 or something like that 12 and 2 uh he should be able to do it no problem and we can meet up and I say okay so we gonna meet up cool now what he does is between 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, 7, 8, 9, he does not respond to my text messages at 5 o'clock in the evening because now 1 and 12 have passed and I have yet to hear from you. So at this point, you playing with me after I've let you know my concerns. So, um, you know, I finally uh, call, leave a voicemail upset. He doesn't call back. He actually sends a text message says, oh, my bad. My phone had died or was dying. I left it at home and I went to the movies with my wife. Now, y'all, this is the shit I'm talking about. That is irresponsible. That's irresponsible. You knew we had a conversation that morning, just like you knew we had a conversation to meet on time at this fucking Walmart at noon. And you knew we had a conversation that morning that I was upset and I was dissatisfied with the service I had received and the fact that my product was not producing. And you decided it was a great idea as a businessman to leave your phone at home to not send me a text message and say, hey, we won't be able to meet or anything, you know, common courtesy when conducting business or just in general common courtesy to your family and friends. He decided just to say, fuck me and go to the movies with his wife because that was more important. Now, I understand people spending time with their people, especially when you're a business person, you're an entrepreneur, you want to take the time for yourself. You may be overworked yourself, but goddamn it, be, be, you need to communicate. And you communicated something that was false. And the thing is, this was something that was supposed to be resolved weeks ago. And so as the time has gone on, there's been a couple of situations that have happened with this man where it really pissed me off. So I finally had my last straw with him. So the next day after he said that, you know, that night he said he could do it on Monday. He was available all day long so he could do it. I said, fine. When can you be at my uncle's house? What time? Because I had to go there to do something else. So I needed him to meet me where I was going to be at because he was supposed to be a mobile car installation technician. But guess what? The story changes the next day. So the next day I, I call him because we're texting. And I say, hey, what time? And he's like, oh, he calls me. Actually, he no, he doesn't call me. He texts me back and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to squeeze you in. Da, 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 da. I'm like, squeeze me in. Nigga, you just told me last night that you were free all day today. You would make sure it get done. Now you're telling me that you're squeezing me in? Bitch, you got my money. And at this point, I'm not going to play with his old ass no more. So. I call him. Now, I'm on the phone with my dad giving him play-by-play play throughout this whole process from the beginning when I hired him to the very end. So I tell my dad, you know what, Dad? I'm going to call him on three-way. I want you to listen. I said, I don't want you to say anything. Just mute your mic. He said, okay. I call him. It's Radio Dave. He said, hey, Sherelle, I'm sorry. Um, you know, my, to be honest, my wife has been sick, and so I've been taking care of her and, you know, doing what I need to do with her, really, to be honest. And, and to be honest, you know, the radio thing is just my side gig. It's my side gig. And really what I do was, which I taught you about was I, I buy houses and I sell them. So that's really my main focus. So I be busy, you know, I don't, I don't sit around and do car installation, car audio installations all day long. And, and, you know, so I was going to try to squeeze you in sometime today and blase, blase, blase. And, and I want to remind you, cause you said in a text message that, you know, your stuff isn't working, but I text you to see how your, how your car audio was sounding. Remember I reached out to you and I said, as you should because you are providing a service. And I was a customer, I was a repeat customer because not only did I let you do my car installation, but I also, car audio installation, excuse me, I keep forgetting that, car audio installation, but I also let you install that base knob and gave you more money for something I didn't know about because you up, you up, you um, upsold me on a product and a service. So I expect when I give somebody money, just like I give Target and anybody else some money, for my products and things to work, okay? Just like I give Apple money, whoever else, I expect my products to work. And that's the thing, it's not working. 
So I, I understand you reached out to me about it. I said, but I would have reached out to you. Don't worry. The moment I got in my car and I heard no sound, oh my God, you were going to hear from Sherelle Monique Brim. Oh yes, you were. Because <laughs> I am that person. I am that customer. I will call you if I am unsatisfied. So you would have heard about it. Trust and believe. So while I do thank you for thinking of me, I'm going to let you know right now what I don't appreciate is you thinking of my time and inconveniencing me. So I end up going off on the guy reading him his rights, you know, because you're trying to tell me how you did me a favor and you did me no favors. I did you a favor by putting money in your pocket and while my shit not working. So now it ain't no scratch your back. You scratch mine. Nigga, what's up with my shit? Okay. So I end up going off on him and uh, not even going off him. I end up, you know, expressing myself to him. And then he begins to tell me, you know, well, you the one that hasn't been reachable and you the one I haven't been able to reach. Now, this man is completely lying at this point. So then I'm furious. So I snap off. And then, you know, I say, you know what, for a grown ass man, let me tell you something. I've been completely honest this entire time and I've never dealt with anyone like you. And so what I'm telling you at this point, my dad is on the line. So I don't have time to go back and forth with you because I'm a woman and you're a man. And I don't argue with me and especially me in your age. My dad is around your age. So maybe you should talk to him about it because I'm sick and tired of this because it seems like you're playing with me. And I feel like you're only doing it because I am a woman. Because if I was a nigga, I don't think you'd be going back and forth with me, nor do I think you'd be playing games with me. I think you would have gotten it done a long time ago and you would have resolved it and been done with it. But but since I'm a woman, you think you're going to play with me. So, you know, we get into this thing and, you know, I'm like, nigga, is you going to fix my shit or what? And where are you going to meet me? I said, you got me driving all the way fucking down 20 and over here and over there places I don't live 40, 30, about five minutes away for you to do something. It doesn't make any sense when you're supposed to be a mobile car audio technician. And you got the nerve to sit on the call and tell me what you don't do full time and this is just your side gig? Bitch, was it your side gig when you called me and asked me to, to pick you to, for my service? When you called me four days, at, four days later after we spoke and asked me to pick you for my service. Literally, I told you I'd let you know and you came begging for my money. So don't play with me and run that side gig. I'm too busy. This ain't nothing like that. I don't even do this on a regular. But you on Craigslist posting that you're a Radio Dave from uh, East Atlanta's jam session with 25 years of experience in car audio installation and da-da-da. Boy, don't play with me. Because that's the case. Why do you have an ad on Craigslist saying this is what, you're, what you do? I don't want to hear about how you had houses and contracts and things to do and da da da. I don't want to hear about your other side gigs or your, your main jobs. It's not my business. What is my business is the business I did with you. So, y'all, I, I went off and I could keep going, but y'all don't need all that. I've already given you guys too long of a drawn out fucking podcast, but I really had to get this off my chest to just bring it to a long story short that doing black, doing business with black businesses is hard and, and so especially black men. So, doing business with black business. Um, businesses is hard, you know, especially black men, because I mean, I just feel like they don't hold themselves accountable. And even black women could do the same thing, but I rarely do a lot of business with black women besides me getting my hair done. And I did have a black uh, loctician here in Atlanta who played a lot of games as well. Even the day that she said she would do my hair and come to my house to do my hair, she never showed up, nor did she ever send me a text, nor did she ever respond to the text message when I said, where are you at? Are you coming? You get what I'm saying? So it's a lot of unprofessionalism going on in Atlanta. So as as much as this is the, uh, the uh, black Hollywood and black business and entrepreneurs and everyone is succeeding here, whether you're a stripper or a real estate agent or a doctor or a goddamn bartender, at the end of the day, if you're going to conduct business and be in this industry, it's important to have customer service with it. So after I cussed this guy out, really good, gave him a piece of my mind. He said, oh, this must be some St. Louis stuff. He being sarcastic. Oh, this is crazy. I have never had you. Oh, you gangster, gangster. I haven't made any threats to this man at all, y'all. I just told him you're not going to play with me. You're not going to play with me. You've gotten over hundreds of dollars from me. I'm not going to play with you, sir, by my money. I will come in and I will find you. <laughs> okay, Radio Dave. Okay, Radio Dave. I'm not with it. Okay, David. I don't have time. So we end up, you know, getting to a point where I say, you know, I don't have time to keep going back and forth with you about it. Are you going to fix it or not? That is the end of the day. That's all I want to know. That's the end of it. Are you going to fix it or not? If so, where am I meeting you? Fine, I'll be there. Uh, it looks like you're giving me an address that is fucking 35 minutes away. So I'll be there in 40 minutes, okay? See you then. I pull up, my dad, he's like, wow. Even on the call, my dad was like telling me to calm down. He was like having to calm me. Like my dad was telling me to calm down, y'all, because this is how lit I am. 
and he kept interrupting me. I let Dave give his sorry excuse about why he missed all these moments and, and blame it on me and turn it around on me and do whatever it is that this man was doing. But at that point, once I responded, he continued to interrupt me. Even when I wasn't irate, even when I didn't begin raising my voice and changing my tone where he met someone different because he told me I was being different. I said, no, you just don't know me. You don't know me, sir. I said, so you're getting the side of me that you did not know exists because I only show this when I feel like I'm being played with a disrespect and you have handled me very well. So now you are warranting this fucking person. It's always a shock when I snap. I'm not sure why. I don't know why. I don't know why. This is literally me. You know, you know people that don't know me, they snap, they like, they like, oh my God, what the fuck? Wow. That was interesting. And he was being, being very sarcastic on the, um, on the phone. So I was just hoping I would see the same man, you know, and uh, when I saw him. So I pulled up on him. I get out the car. I'm furious. I'm upset. I am angry and I am carrying. And uh, <laughs> if you know that, I am carrying. Okay. And I'm angry and I'm praying that I control myself. Um, and not saying I want to do harm to this man, but hoping that he don't do something stupid that's going to fuck him up. You understand me? Because I will defend myself at all costs. So I get out the car. I'm angry. My sunglasses on because this is how I rock. And he gets out in his van. We don't say anything to each other because the moment I, before I can hop out the car at the trunk, I popped it. Because that's my way of saying, get your fat ass back there and fix my shit and get the fuck on. So he gets back there. He fixed my shit. He walked by me and said, oh, it was a fuse. I don't know how it could have happened. I didn't say anything. Bitch, don't even talk to me because I want you to keep the same energy you had on the phone. I'd hate to have to hit you with this pistol. Excuse me. I, Lord, forgive me. I do apologize. Anyway, so I'm just like, you know, furious with the whole experience. He does it. We make sure the sound is there. You know, turn the bass up. Everything is good. Everything is back in order. He calls the trunk. I said, are you done? He said, yes. I took off. So y'all, uh, kudos to me. First off, hold on. Nobody was hurt while doing this experience. And, um, you know, I have learned my lesson. So for now I am cool on black men. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to those who actually meet their commitments and know how to conduct business, but I just need a break from y'all. You guys are stressing me out. I'm very tired. And I, I pray for the wives and the girls and the ladies who date you and the girls who have you as fathers and brothers. I am so sorry. And uncles and um, nephews because it's, it's just ridiculous. I, I'm just sorry. It's ridiculous. I had a maintenance man tell me three weeks ago that he would come and hook up my dryer for me. Um, brand new dryer, whatever moved over here. And he definitely avoided me for three weeks. And I ended up having to call out a company to do it for them. And it's like, don't set expectations for things that you're not going to do. And then when it's time to do them, you run from them or you avoid me. I mean, literally on the golf cart out here, y'all not making eye contact with me. And then after I came to him, I was like, oh, you said you would do this two weeks ago. I don't want to bother you about it because you said the apartment complex shouldn't know, but you did tell me you do it. So are you going to do it? Yeah, I'll be there in like an hour, hour and a half day, hour, hour and a half, 10 hours go by, 24 hours go by, 48 hours go by, 72 hours go by, and the man never shows up. This is after the second time conversation we had. Seen his bitch ass yesterday, he rolling on the golf cart, not making eye contact with me while I'm walking my damn dog. Dude, you ain't even got to do all that. Just say you ain't man enough to it and you ain't a man in your word. That's all you got to do. You ain't even got to do all that, black brother. I'm gonna pray for you and the people that's in your life. <laughs> that's it. And it's all, I mean, and I'm saying that anybody has to do anything for me. My point is, don't offer up something to me and then all of a sudden you acting weird and strange like that shit is weird like I never asked for it you fucking mentioned it okay he literally could have said the apartment complex doesn't let us install the dryer and that's it you got to get somebody else to do it but I was waiting on them to come install the washer because the apartment complex doesn't let the company that delivered your washer install your washer but they don't touch the dryer how ironic that's fucking crazy but okay so you offered something to me and said you do it and said, but I'll do it for you. Don't worry. Just if you see me around, holler at me. Dude, you lied. So cut it out. And it's like, I'm, he's going to see me. And we're going to see each other. I'm going to pin in another maintenance request. I'm going to need something. And you're going to have to come up here and I'm going to say to you right then and there, what happened? You hooking up my dryer, man. 
You know, what happened to you doing that? You know, and I think in the future, you should just don't tell people that you'll hook up their dryer because they did the same thing to my mom. That same week, told my mom they would hook up the dryer for her and don't don't worry about it. Just don't put in a maintenance order. And then, you know, she they avoided her. They see her and they avoid her and said they were coming up and they never came. And it was just like, what the fuck? Like nobody even asked you to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I've washed, I'm washing my hands on black men right now. You know, I had a situation with a black man who, you know, did whatever he did to my cousin and who that was a whole nother situation so I'm just I'm just over the black man you know I'm over the black man and and I'll have to touch on that story the next episode but I just had to check in with y'all and I had to give y'all the real and let y'all in on what's been going on um black men do better black women be better in business as well you guys are the best at conducting business and girlfriend you're not gonna boom and be a millionaire when you're out here giving trash ass service and not wanting to refund or resolve or acknowledge and take accountability i'm sorry i'm holding you all accountable even myself okay as uh, as doing business i hold myself accountable and i'm gonna resolve the issue first so that way you can at least say at least she took care of me and at least i will go back to her because i know she's gonna take care of me so i'm just saying y'all we got to do better but for now i'm done with motherfucking black men and you know bob i guess it's you and i (laughs) so anyway y'all i'm gonna check in with y'all real soon episode eight will be coming up because we got to talk about me going back to work and i know y'all want to hear that but hey till then i want y'all to make sure y'all keep it real and y'all keep being safe and know that i love you and you got this make sure you heal for real